Next time, put it. We're gonna go snowboarding tomorrow. We are not going snowboarding tomorrow. Oh, I would love to go snowboarding tomorrow. I know you'd love it, but it would take a lot more planning. Than I know, tomorrow. but it's all free Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Pajarito. Okay, well, we can take advantage of that. Yeah. Welcome to Living Cash Way 2.6. 2.6. It just keeps getting better. I feel like we should have. I'm having regrets over us not just doing <clears throat> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and just going on. That way I know how many podcasts we have done. You know what I mean? We can start right now. It's our, <laughs> it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. We can go back to numbers. We'll just have we'll just have four season twos. So we stopped at what twenty five or twenty six? No, I thought we got up to twenty three, maybe, and that's it. Yeah. So then it would be plus four. So no six. So sorry. then this one would be twenty eight or twenty nine. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. But we'll I just feel like we'll I I know down the road I would like to know how many podcasts we had done. You know what I mean? Well, we'll just do the same amount in every season. And then we can just add those seasons together. We can just do mm. 23 times 5. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. We can do that too. Either way, <laughs> if you want to add math to the game, that's great. <laughs> you, know, you know my... Uh, my Your calculator uh, my, You know where my power will is. And it's math. <laughs> Does it have batteries in it? <laughs> No. Um, yeah, because I'm curious to see. Yeah, I would like to know like what number we're on and things like that. Side note, our kids are home. We're doing this at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. There might be some background. I just told them all to shut the fuck up and <laughs> go to go the fuck to bed. Is that what that book is? <laughs> um, shut the go, fuck up and no, go to bed? No, no, it's... Go the fuck to sleep. Something. Something like that. Yeah. I think I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> I bought it. I thought it was gonna be a lot cooler than it was. It I wasn't. did. It wasn't really cool. It's it like it's like dumb. wipe your ass and stomp your feet. Now go the fuck to sleep. <laughs> it's not like that at all. That's exactly how it is. I don't think so. They're just they're just. I think it's one way cuter in the sense of like I think it's more like close your eyes, you sleepy head. I love you so. Now go the fuck to sleep. Yeah, so mine like wasn't that. cute. Mm, yours was rhymy and better, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yours was oh. way better. That would be way more enjoyable to read. <laughs> but it was like a lullaby with the ending of "Go the fuck to sleep," something yeah. like that. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so they know what's going on. Number obviously, because we're bragging about me today. Yeah. Fuck yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Number number okay. fifteen so, on the motherfucking social media realtors in Albuquerque. The top twenty social media realtors of Albuquerque. What's so <sighs> funny about this reward or recognition or yeah, whatever? Um, one of the listing agents that I worked with texted me and said, "Hey, friend, congratulations on being number 15. And I was like, of what? <laughs> what, <laughs> what are you talking, what are you talking about? about? And uh, and so then I went and had to look it up. And apparently there is a group called Property Spark that looks up the, all the, most, the realtors, the most social active, media. Yeah, the most active or, yeah, the best social media. Yeah, realtors. they look up thousands of different social medias of realtors, which I can only imagine... The no-shows well, of Albuquerque's realtors. You I know mean, what I'm saying? Like, that have no online presence. I got on the propertyspark.com or whatever, mm-hmm. and they have the hundred list of hundreds. Mm. The list of hundred top producers? Yeah, oh, no, yeah. hundred top social media. Oh, You know, okay. the same. I, needless to say, you weren't. You didn't make that list. Oh, see? <laughs> in the country. That's why I in just, the country. Oh, oh, in the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the country. Um, Which, obviously, you're not. No. And because, that's what because, I laughed I even at the, the award <laughs> itself because I just was like, if I made 15 doing the minutes yeah. of what I've been doing, 
then once again, I love Albuquerque. Yeah, well, that's what's crazy is like, when did you post? Three times? I mean, nine no, times? I've, I mean, I do consistently post probably two to three times a week, at least about real estate or about work or about. Now you do. You took a break there for a second, I guess. Maybe I'm confused. Sure. But yeah. Whatever your reality yeah, no, is. No, but, but I'm just it, saying You like, obviously wouldn't vote me number 15, and that's fine. Well, no, I totally would because no. it's like, it's crazy to be like, damn, so if you got 15 from that, then all you have to do is just like, yeah, do like three more posts or two more posts a week and you're at. Even the number one person was like, um, I actually, he actually like put it on his Instagram, whatever, like, hey, I really wanted to be, I wanted to make this list this year. It was year. his goal. It was his goal. And I thought, how hilarious. I didn't even know that list existed i just don't i mean yeah good job hitting your goal number one congratulations you made it oh sure absolutely you know high five number yeah. two um couldn't have been that hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah no if i made 15 like i just did then watch out number one well now maybe now maybe there's a huge gap at like eighth place Maybe. then all of a sudden it goes to ninth which is i don't know your category <laughs> i don't know but i cracked up seeing it because i was like oh wow i know dude, that's awesome <laughs> i didn't even know people were ranking me well yeah well but here's the truth of it let's i put thought it you were way. more of like a four or five myself but no i sound it, your words are more saying like a number 50 60 70 well, talking about how you were Oh, gag. That's also wrong, but that's fine. Mm. Anyways, all I'm saying is I was pleasantly surprised because I'm just doing my job. <laughs> that's it. Right? I didn't know there was a list going out, and but that's funny, or that people even uh, are out there looking. That's the crazy part is trusting the process. Right. Doing it every day, day in, day out. Yes, they're you're not making millions. You're not making a sale every month. You're not you're not blowing it out of the water. No, but, that's why I laugh. I'm like uh -huh. I'm still so like but, barely. I've only have had a few deals under my belt. But you're not stopping. You're not quitting, and that's the difference. And that's the that's where it goes to, and that's where um, forget it. But that's but that's the difference between making it and not making it. Right. Well, and Gary Vee talks about it all the time. Well, but here's the thing. It's, uh, like I said, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing the little sp stuff, the little daily stuff that make a difference. And I, what's really true, and I know that people listen to this that, that uh, also have their own little gigs or whatever their uh -huh. side hustle is or yep. their main hustle or their whatever. It's like... They hustle in. Social media is the new newspaper, it's so, free. Well, and not only is it free, it it's where everybody's going to see it. Seriously. And uh, just like with roofing, um, when I don't post, I really, I, it, uh -huh. I, it stresses me out because I'm like, there's been times I would put a post and I get a message that day yeah. uh, of like, hey, I saw your post. I actually it's have true, a leak. Man. Will you That's come true. and look at it? I mean, that's a $1,200 post. It's true. I mean, and that's so, and you're absolutely right because now that I've been posting again, took a hiatus there for a second thinking, oh, let me take it on easy street. Then I realized, oh shit, I have to but keep doing about... it every day. But like I, I didn't, wasn't posting like roofs and projects and yeah. push it. And now that it's like, oh yeah, let me get back to that. Yeah. Um, It's just amazing to see what, what comes. I mean, yeah, it is, it take, but it, it takes five minutes to make a post, share it here, share it there, you know, copy yeah. this one, share it there, whatever. And people, people don't value that like they should. I mean, shit, I'm starting to learn the value of that. Well, I'm learning that right now but, because it's free. And the more I post, the more I do it, the more I, the more I get. But here's the <clears throat> truth of it. A, um, if you're like a normal person and you're not really looking for everybody like you're not money i'm not money hungry i'm not yeah. money driven to be honest and uh i just am trying to not be bored really 
You sure. know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just trying I, yeah. to I'm just trying to live life. And then if I make money along the way and then it's like, oh wow, I can actually do some fun things, you know, with if I make good money. And so that's motivating and things like that where it's just more like, I'm not don't use me. I don't care. Yeah. But if you do need me, I hope to give you the best that I have to offer. And uh I just think when you come from that space, people feel it a lot more than yeah. when people are but like transaction driven it's hard, like, i just um, want your money it's hard to it's hard to be desperate and sell something it's hard to yeah um, that's true. want that so badly that you'll do anything for it or that you have to have it so bad that it's your end all say like it's just so interesting to sell from a standpoint of like actually giving somebody value actually creating value for somebody showing up there to give them your service which is so extremely valuable you're a genuine person to work with you're you're easy to work with you'll take time you'll you'll do whatever these people need and and to just trust the process all the way through of of taking care of the customer yeah you're going to get ditched yep you're going to get dumped on yep you're not going to get that sell but just keep doing it every day, day in and day yeah. out. And it's so crazy because the just not having to have every sale. Getting yeah. every to have to get every sale. I mean, um I have I have a salesman that works with me and he was saying that to one of the companies he worked with was all about contract, contract, contract. He's like, You can't you don't leave the doorstep till you have five no's. You can't leave the doorstep till you've sa- you've made them say no five times. Wow. Like you have to keep pressuring these people to That's so to do draining that. to me. Oh, how miserable. It's that unauthentic. Is so not how no. I am. No. What's funny is I hate being talked to like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like hey, when I say no, be nice and say no. And most people, I would assume, like me would respect that and I that's what I was just gonna say too is like you have to understand that we live in a day and age where there's thousands of realtors there's thousands of contractors there's thousands of restaurants there's thousands of all these things but why do some people keep going back to the same ones you know what I mean it's because they love the service people know them there they treat them like people and that's where the thing is it's like even if you're selling makeup, if if you're chill and fun to hang out with and fun to talk to and you're real and you're not pushing your stuff on me and you're like, hey, yeah. do you need more of this? Cool, I'll, I'll order some for you because I'm putting an order and hey, I'm putting an order and do you need anything? Actually, I do. I yeah. need this and this. Yep. Sweet. Hey, thanks. And, it's, and you have your... Yep. You're, you're, I mean, and they keep going back to them yeah. because they are easy. They get each other. And that's where, that's where I'm realizing yeah. is being you, being me, is the difference that puts me apart from other people, and it's which nobody so else much, can duplicate. And it's absolutely so much easier to do. Oh, yeah. It's Just be so you. much easier to do. The value I you have is you. Ooh, yeah. And, and I'm not, I don't feel insecure. Yeah. I do not feel insecure about talking to people, anything that, like, I'm, I'm not insecure to say, I don't know. I'm not scared to be like, let me figure that out there. I'm not insecure to talk to people about personal things. Hey, how much money do you make? What, well, what do you like? Where are we at? Where you look at on this project? How much money do you want to spend on this project? What's your budget look like? Um, yeah. And, and I'm not afraid to talk to people about how much money they're making because I don't care. That's my job. That's yeah. what I get to know in order to facilitate what you're wanting. And yeah. so, um, there's people that, that want a Cadillac on a Kia budget. And I'm like, Hey, that's not your budget. Yeah. Right. You know, and you're going to have just, to scale it back. But, um, but I, you're like, you're absolutely right. I mean, just to show up as me and it's so crazy because it's, it, I know I've said this before to you. Well, all of this we've said to each other before, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it sounds cliche and that's, and that's the thing is like, it sounds cliche and, and. 11 years ago, we went on a journey to find who we really were and we dug into the depths of our soul and to be here today with, with who we are and where we are. Like I literally know who I am. I know what I stand for. Like I, and I am me and I show up as me everywhere I go in life. And I, and I, and even though it looks different ways and it seems different ways or whatever, there's not a whole lot that I'm, I'm afraid 
to just come and be myself. And I do, and it sure. is, but it's always different. Yeah, sure. Every situation requires a, a different me at the moment. Right. I can't show up, I can't show up to the luncheon party with, with, um, multi-million dollar, very professional people in suits and ties mm-hmm. and be like cocked at balls, motherfucking piece of shit. Goddamn. Right. I mean, there's just, there's just certain circumstances for things. Right. I don't show up to my brother's house like that on Thanksgiving. <laughs> but a job site? Maybe. Absolutely. <laughs> customers? Absolutely. Some customers. Yeah. And every customer is different. There's customers that are, that are just Straight back, they're like, they're just, fuck yeah, let's get this shit, motherfucker. And there's some that are nice old ladies that are prim and proper. There's old men that are prim and proper. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. Well, and that's the thing is like, and I think when when I start looking at people I meet is what can I give? What can, what ways can I, is going to serve them the most type deal? Like you're just saying, you just assess the situation Obviously, it wouldn't serve in the moment to fuck shit down with a proper old lady. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you just, I, I mean, when someone opens adaptable, the door, you don't say I that. I feel yeah. like, and that's where I think, even with my own children, it's like, I don't think that a bikini or or whatever is. Um, wrong to wear or it's you you should be able to wear a bikini and feel great in it even my own children it's like if that's what you want to wear and you want to show your body you should 100% get have that opportunity and be confident doing it should you wear a bikini to yeah. a prom for to a prom night yeah to no. a formal yeah yeah that's just not you change your attire for that's a lot better times. than my example of what? Showing up to a business party. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wearing a bikini to a, a formal setting. Yeah, it's just, but that's just how, li- it's just how it is. Yes, it's you not can I... now. Yes, you can yeah, now. In 2020. But still. Look at the red carpet. I, mean... I know, but still, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think your high school's quite there. No. They're, they probably are in some uh, places. Oh, sure. Yeah, here in Albuquerque, they definitely are. Oh, my gosh. I don't even think Albuquerque. I think we're probably still more modest. Then oh I'm yeah, I'm thinking that's like true. New York or like, Cali, Florida. I don't even know about. I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of a hoity place where girls Did would you know show up crazy? in sheer Is there dresses. People that live in apartments in New York City. I got. I got to go to New York. Yeah, you. Do and literally, to. they all live on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And like these two buildings are like the elementary school. Yeah. Like there's people that, that live there, and there's and there's elementary school. schools downtown like there's elementary schools and high schools and schools mixing all of that wouldn't that be insane though because you're just surrounded by people i mean when i've only been to new york once but uh i was i just remember being extremely baffled at at the amount of people like just walking down the street at at one given moment you would think you're at disneyland (laughs) and people are just go where are you going where is everybody going? Like, and it's both sides of the street. Well, what's crazy is there's that much. During the day. And night. And night. It never sleeps. They do shift. They do shift work. Like there, a couple of told me in Seattle, they're, you know, they've got shift work. Everybody's on shift work. There, there's so many, like their shift work happens all the time, but there's not a whole lot of it. But they're, they're like. They, they, there's somebody always working in a building or always working in a facility or they're like, it never stops. This yeah. is just your shift. Because my uncle lives on, um, 35th and 5th, I think it's called, oh, or God 5th and 5th. I don't God, know. I'm jazz. <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, but even Dude. in his apartment complex, uh, in his building and stuff, I mean, it's, <laughs> the city's loud. Like you, it's just all night you honking. Talking like you, it's just all night. It's crazy. Yeah. It blows and you, my mind. and it's like a timeshare. You just buy into the the deed of the of the building. Well, so you can get a co op one, and that is you invest in the building like you own a share of it yeah just a little part of it so you like you're saying you have to sell your share 
So you can get something out of it when you're but done. But you don't own any dirt. You don't no. any. You don't no. own shit. No, you don't. You just own a share of it. But, but That's yeah, wild. it is wild. But we were. So today we were going to answer some questions. That's what. Yeah. Well, John Lynn has some questions on his. Oh yeah, and his Mormon stories. Well, his Mormon stories podcast. podcast. And and so we were wanting to answer some and send yeah. it in, but we were starting to talk about it, and now we're yeah, not just steal anybody's thunder. On whose thunder? John Lynn's. Thanks for the questions. They're, they're great questions. Oh no! Well, he's wanting him to ask him. I think he would appreciate it. Maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. Thanks. To well, it's one last podcast. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, maybe so. we'll, we'll 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 just help him out with it. We'll just do a free okay. one for him. Okay, yeah. No, but uh, okay. All rights to John DeLynn on this one. He, <laughs> yeah, these right. are his questions. All hail. Um, so number one is, so these are questions about, if you know John DeLynn, he is a ex-Mormon um, that now has a podcast about Mormon stories, about people that have left the church or that are still in the church and um, are ha- apologists. Uh, and things like that. Half, half, you know, split families. Oh, or, yeah, a mixed just, faith just families. Leaving the church, there's a lot of different scenarios that happen. And there's a lot of different genres. There's different reasons why people leave. There's just, it's so amazing because when, well, in the church, uh, you know, I was taught or told that, you know, people leave for various reasons. Right, true. And now it's like, People leave for every reason under the sun. It's not because, yeah, there's people that leave because they got offended at the bishop. Absolutely. There's people that leave because... They want to drink or they or can't they're lazy. Drink. Yeah, absolutely. Or they just don't like the time and effort that it puts into it. They just don't want to have a calling and they don't want to do that. Stuff. Sure. I mean, yeah, but there's just so many. There's yeah. people leave because they want to. Well, one lady in your ward um, left because they wouldn't change the colors of the hymn books. Yes, yeah, because they were the color of a witch, of witches. They're stuff. witches' colors. Yep. But once again, Grants, New Mexico is crazy. <laughs> they have a fun ward. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Shout out to Grants New Mexico. I love you guys. You raised me well. I I do. But the I okay, side note. I do find that fascinating because I come from a very uh picture perfect upbringing in my mind. Uh-huh. Like I said, I come from Beaver Cleaver kind of. Well, your words are more normal. But not only that. Not nor were they more normal, but they perceived to be a lot. Yeah. Everybody was a lot more aware of what they looked like on the outside. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And that's why I find it really fascinating and enjoying, enjoyable with a small town and especially like Grants, <laughs> New Mexico, where you don't have a lot of that stigma or that pressure yeah. um, of looking a certain <clears throat> Well, way. there's there's... Nine of us, and there's ten thousand of them. Sure, you know what I mean. Like, but there's just not, there's not a lot of money. There's not a lot of competition. Yeah, there's not a lot of um, expectation. I think of what you're supposed to or not supposed to yeah. look like. I mean, even the so-called wealthy members are still down to earth, not flaunty or flashy. Uh, you know, you know what I mean. To some point yeah. where I'm saying like you're. I don't know. In 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 the small town of Grants, it's just it is a lot more real in my sense. In, rural, in, rural, 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 real. Yeah. <laughs> side note. One more side note. Okay. With the leaving the church excuses, and oh, never okay. ever ever done on me. And this is like the part where this is where I, I guess this is what I wanted to come out of my mouth and I didn't. Oh. It never dawned on me that people left the church just because it wasn't true. Oh no, no. Like no, it's no. like it's no. like and that's like huh I want to like that's an interesting concept because it's like in my mind I would have never thought hey well they just left the church because it wasn't true to, for them. <laughs> yeah, no. You know what I mean? It's like and yeah, it's like no. I, I want to be like that's what I want to be like I want to tell my family hey people, or even Mormons anybody that's listening hey people also leave the church because it isn't true. Yeah. And it's and it's okay. 
no, it can yeah, still be true for you that, or it can still work for you in your world. But that's the thing I feel like since we started this podcast and it's kind of put me on this journey of like, where do I lie? And because I've gotten some feedback too of like, you know, being angry about the church and things like that, or, you know, that we keep on going back to church topics or whatever. Um, and it is making me realize, okay, maybe I am still in that state. Maybe I do. I am holding on to some things that I didn't think I was holding on to or whatever. But um, I have explained also that it's like it is hard. It's been hard being so quiet for the past uh-huh. 11 years and then feeling like I've had no voice and then realizing like I feel like this podcast has given me a lot more courage to be like like saying like, this isn't true. It, yeah. it is not true. And just like you're saying, you're saying to me in my face that it is true. I'm telling you, it's not. <sighs> and I wholeheartedly believe that because it is true that it's not true. <laughs> and because there's a lot of, I, yeah. I can it's sit not, down for days. But, but that's the thing is like, it has nothing to do with it doesn't, if it brings you happiness or not. That is not the case nope, here. That's not what I'm, yep. That's not if what I'm saying. I do happy, think that there's very beautiful things in yep. the church. And I, even with this list, I mean, these questions, there's beautiful things of the church. And I think that's the, I want to remember, anyways, yeah, I just, I want to remember those things too and those real emotions at those times with these questions. So, anyways, to the first one. First one, what parts of the Mormon experience were most important or useful to you? Do you want to go first? You can go first. I gotta think well, for a second. Well, I uh, I really enjoyed the the Boy Scouts and oh, the, yeah. like the young man activities and stuff like that. Like those were really fun. There was a lot of valuable stuff. Learning how to camp, learning how to survive, you know, accomplish things. It was that was a really great. It was a lot of fun. I really. But do you enjoyed feel that. like that's a Mormon experience? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people go to scouts that aren't Mormon. I know. Oh no, absolutely. But the scout, the Mormons, or the scouts in Mormonism, they're hand in hand with in Boy Scouts. I mean, that's sure. Yeah, if you're a member of the church, you're that's. What about the, the, the Mormon side then? Okay, would there be a most important, important or useful thing about other than scouts, like the Mormon side of it? What was the question? Okay, let me read it again. What? Parts of Mormon, of the Mormon experience, were most important or useful to you? Um, Maybe, like, families could be together forever, is what I believed. That brought you comfort? Like I said, to me, the most important parts were... Just, like, The outdoors, the, the, the skills that I learned from scouts and... Okay. Things like that. Well, and young men's. I mean, sure, young men's and scouts are ahead. I, I guess when you're saying it's useful, most useful to you. I guess you're you're saying more now logically. You're taking it in more to logical sense, which is great. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, but um, for me, I guess mine is similar in the sense of mine was is uh, a. I think it gave me a good group of friends like I think it made me busy and it gave me a lot of social life and uh, I don't know how my life would be like without the church but uh, I'm not sure if I if my I mean my my mom probably would be just as active but I'm not sure in what you know what I mean yeah and uh, but with the church she what we were all very active in the church and we saw a lot of the same people. I was in the same ward my whole childhood. So it was a family. It was a big family and it was a lot of fun. I just remember having a lot of fun growing up. And it did put a lot of fear in me that like I never drank or smoked because I was really scared to be addicted. So I, I mean, I guess I found that useful. Maybe. I mean, that's schooling too though. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Number two. What doctrinal doctor doctrinal or theological theological sorry parts of mormonism did you believe that were most important to you what doctrinal or theological parts of mormonism did you believe that were most important to you i mean well 
I guess to me it's like, well, the uh, obviously the atonement, yeah, and the and the restoration of the atonement, actually having the ability to have the atonement, um, and then uh, I mean, actually having the truth. Like actually being like this is a prophet, which it doesn't ever seem like a prophet from the Bible because prophets from the Bible are always like <sighs> split the Red Sea and stuff. Now they just make <laughs> policies apparently and then they can redact those policies whenever they want to. I would to. love somebody to split a sea. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But uh, the most, uh, what was the spiritual Number experience? Two. to ha- oh, The doctrinal theological parts. One of them is, did you believe that were most important to me. Um, the Book of Mormon and, and the the Jesus came in the Book of Mormon again and Jesus came to the American continent and this amazing story of how we got these plates or how we got this book and how true that makes it and how much that means that it's true. Yeah. You know, that's really true because I remember as a kid, like, you remember the work and the glory in those movies and like Mormonism is really good about um, their cinema as well. Yeah. They know how they're really good about drawing in the emotion of like even videos of Joseph Smith of like when he was. Um, well, they got they can put rose colored glasses on anything. Oh yeah, and I just I just you know, and I think for me, you know, it really did touch me that you know this man he was willing to go against the grain. You know what I mean? Willing to stand up for something different and willing to authentically die for the truth. And you know, I it was so embedded in me and. I knew the story and I just, it was beautiful. It, you know, and I think with, when we were talking about these questions before and we were, cause you were saying, you know, I can't remember what question was we, we asked, but I think it's hard to remember that pure emotion of authentically yeah. connecting with the Mormon experience because it's been 11 years Uh now. It's It's been been over a decade. So I, I, you know, it's just like childbirth. You forget, I mean, you forget it. You don't think that, I I mean, that was so long ago. I can hardly remember the things that were so important to me because, um, man, I I couldn't even imagine what could be so important. Right. Now, now, like, the most important thing is for me to be amazing, is for my family and my kids to be amazing, for for me to create the mindset, the mentality. I get to create my, I can literally play God right here in my own life. Yeah. And I can create the worlds that I want to in my own world, in yeah. my own way. And so it's so interesting to me how far disassociated I am from it and how it would i couldn't even imagine i can't even imagine what it what mm-hmm. what it like how it feels to teach about the uh families are together forever and oh what an amazing and i just uh, man what an emotional roller coaster that thing is well and that's what i'm saying it's so i i do remember a time uh-huh. where it would touch me so deeply that you know i would cry in you know, young women, or they would have this display and they just do a really good job of capturing the, the essence of martyrdom. You uh-huh, know what I mean? Of, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, and I have ancestors that walked the plains. I mean, people that have put their lives on the line and have lost family members and friends and relatives on a journey for a religion. I mean, it is, you know, it was something fully embedded in me. And like I told you today, it was like, I was, there was no other, I knew I was going to die a Mormon. Yeah. You mean, I knew that I was going to be married in the temple, married to somebody that was a Mormon. We would go to church every day. 
And this is what we would do. You know, it seems a lot more fun or a lot more realistic being 18, 19, 20. But then now it's like, whoa, that would suck. That'd be so mundane. Oh, Doing the same thing day in, day out, thinking the same exact way, the having the same me. exact thoughts. I couldn't imagine the mundane monotony of that. But here's the thing for me is I already in my own life um, and and in, in my career and all that kind of stuff, think about all the shoulds and shouldn'ts I already should be doing with my own children and life and business. Like I sh oh my gosh I have to fill that form out I forgot to do that or I need to take I need to make that appointment for Pedro because this and this or I need to call our teacher or whatever all those things I can't imagine putting on top of that I didn't say my prayers last night I didn't we didn't we haven't read scriptures in over a week we're behind on our tithing we um we need to go and I. I our son's looking at pornography, so we need to sit down and have a, a real big conversation well, we about We need to have family home we evening. Need, yeah, we, we have, didn't have, we have, fam we have, we have to have family home evening. Uh, or visiting, hey, teaching. or Yep, the, you got to do not, the visiting, teaching. Not that anymore. It's called... Uh, minister. minister. You have to go minister and, and all of these... And then the and then your neighbor is sick, and so you got to take her or something to dinner Castle. because hopefully, you know, because I, you know, hopefully... Because I was brought up that that's what a good Mormon did. Not that it was vocalized, but, you know, it was a nice gesture and it was good to look out for your fellow man, which is. Absolutely. And But I am so, I can't even imagine having all of that Our on my Our life is busy enough now. I just with, can't even imagine having that all on my life. soldiers. And my then soldiers. Just, yeah. Shoulders. And then to throw in there all of that. Shit, my dad was a bishop when I was. Nine, eight, nine, ten years old, somewhere in there. And I never saw him. I never saw my dad. I lost my dad to the church when I was that young so that he could go and serve this church. Because, I mean, yeah, he was, he was my basketball coach for a number of years and stuff. I, I, he was around, but not, not that much. No, well. All day Sunday. Except for Monday, but he had appointments Wednesday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I mean, there was just so much on top of a job, a full uh, on top job, of yeah. a full time job, yeah, and then he's a, a piddler, and yeah. so then it really his job could really <laughs> string out there. But it's just crazy to see the the sacrifices that people make for this religion, and not even knowing the time it is taking, like yeah. not even adding it up. You know uh -huh. what I mean? But that's what it like, and. But adding up the guilt for me. So that's what it's just, it's so interesting, interesting to me. Yeah, we got off track. Yeah, sorry. So number three. Okay, three. Uh, we already did that one. Four. What parts of Mormonism were harmful to you? What parts of Mormonism were harmful to me? And I think that's what it is, is a lot of the shame. I think of the should or the shouldn'ts. And uh, when I was a kid, because we left pretty early, fairly early in our lives. Um, I think just the shame of feeling like because I had gotten pregnant, I had done things that were extremely against my religion. And uh, they were quite shameful. They are, yeah, and they were quite shameful. I felt very shamed. I, uh, yeah, because when I got pregnant, you know, I don't, I don't fault my parents at all. They did the best they could in ways, yeah. but... Um, no, I they definitely, they, they definitely, you know, wanted to protect me. And I think with their protection, it also felt bad. Yeah, this I felt is not about of what, of what I, where I was. So. Yeah, absolutely. What was yours? This is not about making anybody wrong. It's not, oh, about, no, you know, no. just, just so everybody, like, you know, our parents, like this, just my life, they're not wrong. For growing up this way. I mean, oh, this is just my experience. Be of life. sure that we will screw our kids up. Just yeah, absolutely. The The most harmful parts for me um, were I want just to control the, the just being under the thumb of religion. Of, what do you mean? Um, I, I was, I guess I feel like I'm a more of a sensitive person or a more sensitive soul. And as a child, I mean, I just, 
I internalized all of this stuff. I internalized everything. I, I, uh, really, I always knew I was doing the wrong thing when I was doing the wrong thing or whatever, but like just the sins, the things, the shoulds or the shouldn'ts. I mean, there's so much that, that it's every aspect of my life is answered. And, and there was no, I knew that this was going to be it for the rest of my life, but the most harmful parts were, um, don't really know past okay how did you lose your faith in mormonism mm, i think we've touched on that one before uh by i, I lost my faith in mormonism by letting go of fears and doubts and and um letting go of my past, forgiving things and truly learning how to love myself for who I am and not see myself as a sinner or as this. And it took a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to let go of a lot of that stuff. But um, I think you were more right when we said today, like it kind of was a slower journey in the sense of like we had already been going to impact trainings. So I think that opened the door of like, because for impact trains, it's kind of like, hey, you, you, yeah. you get in touch with what works with you, what doesn't work for you. Yeah. And there's a lot, obviously, this is based in Utah. So there's a lot of Mormons that go to impact trainings and they still are Mormon. You know, I mean, yeah. this, it's not like that's no. what happens. That's what I learned. For this, but, although I didn't want to, I guess I didn't want to shout out to impact or whatever. We already I did last time. I know, but I was time. like, I didn't want to give my mom the credit of telling her that. She, that impact brainwashed me. Yeah, but that doesn't. But, it, it, but you not, know that's I not know. real. But anyway. But yeah, it's so all amazing. I'm saying is um, that we were already on this journey of being like, hey, let's just be open and honest of what works for us or doesn't work for us. And for a lot of people, it like in the church, they own their power in the sense of like, hey, if that calling doesn't work for me, I tell them no. And that's where they gain their power it, it in absolutely, life. It absolutely increases um, their faith in the church. Yeah, for, and, yeah. for me, it increased my faith in not Yourself. the church, in myself. Yeah. yeah. And so I think we kind of were already on that journey of being like, hey, let's trust ourselves. And then I think the digging deep into Mormonism kind of came a little later. But yeah, impact is all about accountability. It's all yeah. about me and what I what I get out of how it. do you how do you know oh sorry how do you now explain the spiritual experiences that you had as an Orthodox Mormon? Um, I explain them oh, as one. as everyday okay. life. I mean, there's if I want to let me think of what experiences I had spiritually. Well, okay, oh, but that's why we missed. Wait, hold on. So we missed number three, which is what spiritual experiences did you have as a Mormon that sealed your Orthodox commitment to the church? I don't have any. You don't have any like super spiritual incidences, not even when you went to scouts and they said, go off into the woods and pray by yourself. They, I don't know. that They, they didn't do that, that kind of stuff. They no kind idea. of did that more like in. I don't, I don't, I can't recall any. Right now that we're like, this solidified my faith in it. Well, like I said, I think one for me is because I drowned when I was two. Oh, yeah. So um, I think my whole life I was always kind of told I was like a miracle baby. Yeah. That God had big plans for me and kind of stuff like that. So I already felt like I was a miracle child. And then um, I think uh, when I got David, uh, when I had David, um Uh, when the, when we picked his, when I picked his family, there was a little bit of, they gave me packages, but yet we are, I know that my mom had already asked for that package as well. So I don't know. So they, my mom acted and acted like it was a one in a million chance that I got this package. But now I look back, I'm like, oh, I probably got that package because my mom told them about the family. Anyways, so it just... So that's how I guess I speak about it now. It's like at the time it was a miracle. Yeah. And even me drowning. It's like, sure, gr- if my kid drowned in their back, it'd be like, yeah, you're 
fucking lucky you got life. Yeah. You know, that that all came together. You know, and I do think you're at the right places at the right time and there is no yeah. accidents. But some a lot of babies die. There's a lot of good babies out there <laughs> that are dying in a pool. So yep. anyways, okay, number so that's how we talk about it now, I guess. But what yeah. was transitioning out of Mormonism like for you? What was most painful about it? What was most healing or joyful about <coughs> the transition? Me? Sure. Um, like I said before, I think the scariest thing or the hardest thing of trans um, transitioning out of Mormonism a, I'd say the first was just being open and honest about it. It was really scary for me to talk about it. I would get really scared and feel confrontational. And like I said, I think this podcast is really opening me up to to talk about it without being scared, which is putting, you know, making me go through a whole new thing after a decade of leaving, which is pretty cool. Um, but uh, I just was really scared that I was disappointing and... I wouldn't know what to say or have the right things to say or back my opinion up good enough, you know what I mean, for them to get it and for uh, for us or, to leave the situ yeah. the conversation like them Just understanding so where I meant. Yeah, what I meant, but that's what it is hard. It is yeah, and it's still a difficult, that's still a difficult thing. What about you? Um yeah, leaving was it's been interesting because it's an elephant in the room because like we've talked about, nobody wants to hear what we have to say. They haven't. They, 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 they're right. And I just get to go along with it and not say anything because I, I disagree with 95% of, or there's my, a lot of nails on a chalkboard to me. My, I think what I'm realizing, which I could be wrong, but what I'm realizing is maybe we have always thought that they haven't want to hurt it. Granted, you did talk, you did talk a lot more about it when we first kind of were going out. Well, I would say the first three to four years. But then haven't really talked about it for the last seven. But never talked about the church in being wrong. More talked about the other infinite possibilities of like, okay, you know, more of like Jesus, what Jesus taught, things of of that nature, stuff like that, like how powerful we are and how great we are as human beings and stuff like that. But you know, it's only been now that it's more like, man, the more for the last eleven years, the more things I read, the more things are like, am, but yeah. The the okay. um, painful parts, there, like we talked about, there hasn't been many painful parts because um, I think I was, I mean, I was ready for it. I was ready to let it go. I was letting things go out of my life at that point through impact. And I was like, yeah, I, it was an easy transition. The painful part would be more of like um, ha not being able to. To talk to my family about it and 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 have them hear me being closed, yeah, like being uh, yeah, hushed. I but guess. the most exciting part about it is letting go of all of that baggage. Oh, the most joyful is definitely, like I said, uh, all those shoulds, Ooh. man. I just don't have any. I mean, and it slowly goes away now. Like I said, I don't even remember all of them, anyways. But at the time, it still was kind but of. But without a impact, without impact, I would still have so many shoulds or shouldn'ts on me. Even if I did leave the church, and I knew it was wrong. Like, I feel like still in the back of my head, like, not really, I guess, but like, there's still, there's, there would still be some different shoulds or maybe there would be different shoulds or shouldn'ts because, man, I, I had, I, it was so amazing where when impact came into our lives and how all of that just worked perfectly into where we are today and where I didn't have to feel lost yeah. in the middle of transitioning out of a faith into reality. Yeah. Like, cause that's the, that's the, I guess that's the most augmented way to say it is that you're going from a faith and then you're stepping into reality. And then like, you're going from a video game for, from having rules and stipulations and boundaries to limitless possibilities. And what do you want to be? Are you still going to believe in God? Are you going to live by rules? Are you going to like, how are you going to be outside of this? What do you look like now? And what yeah. are your next steps? And that's where impact was huge for me to create the next steps for me, which were 
transitioning into this loving, peaceful um, space that I'm in now. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But I mean, yeah, absolutely. Okay, next one. Sorry, I scrolled down. Um, in what ways did church leaders or members make your transition more difficult? Were there church leaders or members who were helpful to you? If so, how? No, because we were we were in Utah. We weren't really around any leaders. No. My my parents were great, though. Still, those church leaders were. <laughs> right, right. But um, there were nobody really. We weren't part of the church, and we moved so much that we didn't have to have to deal with it. Yeah, I felt like we we hid under the the radar enough that it also made it easy for me. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's kind of like a breakup where you just stop talking to them and hopefully they get the hint. Well, the only connection we had then to the church was our families Yeah. because we were living in Utah. It's not like we did this on our street. I mean, we are, I feel like we're a rare case of leaving the church to where we got to step completely out of it and go yeah. do it on our own where nobody mm-hmm. had to see it. And mm-hmm. we didn't have to have the expectations or the judgments or the We almost beating. got to move away uh-huh. and then come came back and been like, hey, we're like never mows. We've never yeah. been Mormon. And like, because I find it interesting when like, I think there's a lot of people like even with this John DeLynn thing, it's like a lot of his um, interviews and stuff like that. They're they're very heavily sedated in it. Like, well, they're, they're, you know, yeah. they're 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 surrounded by LDS and we have moved so much now that it's been so nice to not be surrounded by it. It's, it's so much. So, like I said, I, I forget what, like my maids and the, you know, what, uh, not activity day. What do you do? Uh, shoot. No, on like Wednesdays you go with the the kids. Mutual. Mutual. Uh There we go. Or mutual, like I, those aren't normal words I say anymore. No. I haven't said mutual for. <laughs> hey, you going to mutual? That's not something I've no. said in eight plus nine, eleven years. I've never, uh-uh. other than like family conversations. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what it's called. And but what's funny is I think like my family or uh, you know people that have been a part of the church for a very long time, they can't even fathom. That I can't remember the name mutual. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I th- and that's why because I it's think, still part of their language. Yeah, and that's why I think it's interesting to document where we're at now, because now we just raised kids fully out of the church. Yeah. We did. You know, you hear stories where they're telling their kids the church isn't true at age fourteen, fifteen, after they've been indoctrinated. For yeah, and they've years. been preaching to them for 14 years that this thing is true. And all of a sudden, they're like, no, it's not. And then they have to convince the kids that it's not. Yeah. And the kids are like, no, I know it is. But I couldn't, I I, I, I really, it, I've op- it's opened my eye, my mind to people that have to live with old, leave the church with older kids. And that is a struggle. And that would be hard because that's your world, your right. your interactions like, at work. Your just like I love. Yeah, growing um, up in it. Um, your children's friends, all of yep. you, your social circle is that, and and then and that is that is a lot of risk. There's a lot to leave behind to go and seek the truth. I mean, it is not for the weak of heart. It's not for the faint of heart. You have to absolutely be willing to lose everything, mm-hmm. but the peace that's on the other side of that. Like Jesus teaches, you yeah. have to lose yourself to find yourself. And and yeah. that's the crazy thing is that's exactly what he's talking about. Well, and I feel like that's and what that phrase is talking yeah. about. Not that Jesus said that or whoever said that. Yeah, but that's what the <laughs> phrase means. Yeah. But uh, and I think like living cashway and what we are talking about mainly most of the time, it's like we are not perfect human beings. We are not. We do not have it together. Uh, we have shit in our closets as dirty as probably anybody else does. Um, but on the whole, we, you know, we get up every day and try to be better and do better, even though sometimes we fail or whatever. And that's where I'm like, I just now know that's a part of life rather than being like, I just, I'm just not praying enough. I'm not doing (sighs) enough. I'm not serving enough. I need to, 
I need to do more. And it's like, or less. How about do less? And then, hey, get off yeah. your own back a yeah. minute. You think, I mean, for some reason they think if they, the more they do, the better they'll feel. And they still feel the same. I know. Let's go to the next. Uh, next. Yeah. Okay. So we'll final thought this one. Okay. And you're wanting to keep going on to the next one, but uh-huh. I don't really want to talk for two hours, to be honest. Well, we won't go. For, we don't have to go for two hours. I just want to. Well, well, what question are we on? No, we can start this. So we're on question seven, but we can. We'll just go over it on our next one on Monday. Okay. We'll we'll part one this. Yeah. So this is part one. So we'll just leave it at that then. Let's not read the next one. We'll leave it at that. Well, we have so, to get at least to halfway, or that's closer to halfway. Then. Well, okay, whatever, Tyler. We're on seven or eight. We're on, we already just did eight, so we're on nine. What? You said we were on seven. I lied, okay? I didn't know. Uh, what resources were most helpful in your transition out of Mormonism? Impact. Yeah, probably Impact trainings was the most useful piece of instrument that I've ever had to allow me to to figure out what it is that I truly, honestly wanted in life. Yeah, that's probably true. And I think for, yeah, for me, impact just allowed me to be okay with what I wanted. And, um, and I think that's the biggest thing. And as much as, as much as people want to say that impact is the reason that we left the church, that's fine. But the truth is impact was the reason that it gave me the courage to leave the church because I was already kind of there. I just didn't know it. Yeah. Um, I was already sick of the rat race and knew that it was bullshit for me, but I just didn't have those words on it. I didn't it. have the gumption to admit it to myself. Yeah. I didn't have the balls to because say that. Because I didn't know what life looked like on the other uh-huh. side, and that was very scary to me. All I knew was what I was shown and taught how to be successful in life, and a yeah. lot had to do with your stancing, going to church, your tithing, paying your tithing, yeah. doing your callings. I mean, I came, we both came from pretty, uh, follow the guidebook yep. of Mormonism and do it hard. The harder you do it, the more blessed you'll be. And, and the same you'll feel, but <laughs> yeah, it let, it allowed me to let go of the shoulds and shouldn'ts. It allowed me for, to forgive. I remember walking out of it for it after the first, uh, the first course, and after the first training and being oh. like, whoa, that's what forgiveness feels like. I didn't, I never knew that forgiveness felt like, like I was taught baptisms were supposed to feel well, like. I think the biggest thing is learning, like you're saying forgiveness, but like truly forgiving yourself. It's like you, I mean, I told myself this story all the story this whole time and I didn't think I was a piece of shit. That wasn't how I felt. Uh-uh. But at the same sense, it was like, hey, listen. Allie, you're great the way you are. You're perfect the way you are. There's nothing I that needs to be changed or that my There's heavenly nothing, father you wanted don't have to, to change. Do, in be me. Or become anything. Yeah, and it just was this overwhelming sense of comfort that I realized that I authentically was loved just the way I was. Even if I fucking didn't have say my prayers for a year, a week, a day, whatever. that's so worldly. You know what I mean? Oh, it's so worldly. It's so worldly. Yeah, exactly. And and at the time, my Heavenly Father loved me for just being the fucking me that I am. And so it it ignited me in this way where I was just like, fuck yeah. I love being me. And it changed my vision of my life. And, And, you know, and now, I mean, I do love me and I... And I know I claim like more atheism than anything, but it's more just like, I just think we're so unique and beautiful. If uh-huh. there is an after, I love well, it. I, you know, you're actually, that's, I think you hit the nail on the head there with the unconditional love. Like I came from a conditional life, a conditional upbringing, a conditional everything. And then to find out that God is completely unconditional mm-hmm. and that he loves me unconditionally and that that there's nothing in the universe except for unconditional love holy fuck that's when my life changed yeah okay guys two point uh part one should have don't shit on me part one don't shit on me part one 
And part two is Monday. Whoa. Ooh. Good luck, guys. You get to listen to it all weekend. <laughs> hey, guys. Okay, shout out. Let it, you guys can answer these questions. Send them to John Lynn. Send to us. Write yeah. them down. Send us Mormon your thoughts. Stories, What's it like podcast. for you guys to leave? How was the church for you? Yeah. Do you love the church now? How does it work for you? I mean, I don't give a shit. Yes, if it works for you, great. I want to hear it. It's okay that people leave the church because it's not true, though. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, guys. <laughs>